Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Michael Hamthorpe from What Culture and I'm joined by Phil Chambers Hello. from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on Friday's Smackdown. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or YouTube, uh-huh. where we get daily wrestling podcasts uh, featuring not only reviews and previews of Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, the brand formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We also hold wrestler interviews, have roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Maybe not this week, because I probably won't be writing one in Wilborn's absence. But speaking of Wilborn's absence, <laughs> Coward. Phil, if I could be asked to reach over and hit the soundboard, I might do for his cinema button, but I'm going to treat us to <laughs> not that today. Nonetheless, following the sort of cinematic happenings of the... Uh, press conference slash kickoff slash whatever they were calling it on Thursday night. WWE, in terms of its product, and we'll speak strictly of the on-screen stuff rather than the the stuff going on, you know, behind the scenes in WWE legally at the moment, the product and the power did indeed feel back going into the SmackDown, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... I think they really pulled it off in terms of the episode of SmackDown as well. I really enjoyed it. I thought mm. it was a good, like, solid show. It was pretty simple, like, but what they sort of achieved throughout it, I thought, was really, really good. Yeah. And I liked the, like, it was a very ordered and, like, uh, structured episode. Like, there wasn't that many matches on it, but all the matches were quite long and were really good. Yeah. Um, but, like, in terms of going from the pure chaos energy of the press conference to then Triple H's, like, um promo at the beginning of this where he's trying to say like I have control and then to go into a really like structured and well laid out episode of Smackdown I thought was a kind of nice dichotomy between the two. It does um, yeah it ties quite nicely into the opening segment of the show because you're blending the facts and fiction here a little bit aren't you? It's almost yeah. like if there is indeed what we perceive as a bit of a power struggle at the corporate level at the moment mm-hmm. between like The Rock and Triple H and not just them two maybe like their differing creative philosophies yeah to your point the absolute chaos that unfolded on Thursday versus the Triple H. All right, you've had your fun. We're going to do a wrestling show now, the way yeah. that I like it. And it's a very um, Triple H show, this SmackDown. Absolutely. Very show. Um, and both sort of sat together quite nicely. Whether yeah. or not that will carry on as we head towards WrestleMania, who knows. But yeah, Triple H was out first alongside uh, SmackDown general manager, can't remember his name, and Adam Pearce, who were in the ring. Um, we'd get to what they were there for 
momentarily. But first, would you believe it? It's the start of a TV show, and Triple H fancied a word. It was almost like it was 2004 <laughs> all over again. Um, he was mentioning that they're on the road to WrestleMania, and it's all very exciting. But uh, based on what went down at the press conference, it feels as if there was some confusion in the air because, quote, some people don't know their role. Do you right. get it, Phil? Do you get it? Do you, you get, get it? it? He wanted to make it clear, again, just in case it wasn't from it's Thursday. It's because that's the Rock's catchphrase. I just Ah, oh, thank God you're here for that. that I, I didn't yeah. write... Right, thank you. Because here's the thing, Phil. Cerebral. <laughs> Rock, uh, excuse me, Cody and Roman is official. He was just like kind of double down in on that because of all the confusion coming out of Thursday. Uh, and he noted that he felt like somebody was trying to assert their authority when they maybe didn't really have any on uh, on Thursday night. There's only one person that has any authority and you're looking at him right now. Um Hunter, obviously, again, he confirms that that's the match that's taking place. There's huge Cody chances, a few Rocky Sucks chant. He noted that backstage, there might be a few people. Again, I wasn't sure who he was referring to. You're going to have to help me with the subtext. A few people might not like that decision, but Phil... It doesn't matter uh, if they don't it. like the decision. I'd it's not. that's the Rock's catchphrase as well. Oh, God. Right. Clever, you see. Double that, whammy. Bit too much it was being like left. He's using the Rock's words against him. That's genius. I'm well. glad we're on together because I, I just <laughs> thought he was... It's odd that you're saying these things. And yeah. it's, it's, very, it's all very... Um, yeah. Within It does hold together within the fiction, but it was just funny that Triple H, of all people, and The Rock... On the other side of this would be, this would, it felt like they were renewing the same sort of both political and on screen power struggle they engaged <laughs> multiple times in their career. It's like they're destined yeah. to be bound together in their own sort of, it's actually the top star here and who's in charge. It's <laughs> neither of you, but like, pretend you are, do what you need. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, Triple Box definitely higher up in yeah. the company than Triple H. Sorry, but yeah. the CCO is. Definitely lower than board member of the company that owns you. <laughs> I'd quite like it if in Gorilla there was just labelled seats. And, like, Dwayne Johnson had one every week, even though he was never there. Yeah. And, like, that one in the very far corner that we sometimes see on the 24 specials, which, like, Triple H now occupies, is just the rocks. <laughs> and just nobody's allowed to sit in it. And if they get caught by the cameras or something, it gets immediate. got, like, a little red uh, rope across <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, every now and then, Brian Gewertz comes through and he just goes through the rope. You know, I'll sit here for a bit, <laughs> check out what's going on with the show. Any knob gags? Um... <laughs> But onto more serious storyline business. That's mm-hmm. why the two GMs were there. They were there to announce that um, Elimination Chamber will determine who Seth Rollins' number one contender for the uh, the World Heavyweight title will be. Check out the news with myself and Phil today where we speculate on something else. Seth Rollins might be doing at WrestleMania based on the teaser trailer that dropped after this SmackDown, uh, before the Super Bowl last night. Completely but, forgot to put that up on the podcast feed, but I'll do it as soon as we're no, finished recording here. Yeah, catch up the podcast <laughs> feed if you want. It's there on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, there's going to be 12 wrestlers pitted against one another in a series of singles matches where the six advanced to the Elimination Chamber. They were Randy Orton, Bronson Reed, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul, AJ Styles, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, Ivar, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, Dominic Mysterio, and LA Knight. Yeah! Um, and there's going to be a bunch of qualifying matches which starts right now as yeah. Drew McIntyre takes on AJ Styles. Uh... Drew McIntyre continues to have fun as DM Hunk, noting that CM Punk doesn't get any of the role it is in the T-shirt that he's done. Um, that's great, isn't it? Like the fact that like <laughs> Punk's next big story is already set up while he sits on the shelf, yeah. and it being CM Punk is getting somebody else over at the time. There's just simply no one like the best in the world. Yeah. And Drew McIntyre is having a ball with it, as he, he is, should. Be. He has taken that ball and he is running with it and really enjoying it. As he goes I along. honestly think we went too long in wrestling, where because we all became a lot more aware of. 
um, the very serious injuries. I'm not talking things like head injuries or the gruesome yeah. leg breaks. We forgot that you're supposed to make money and make time out of people getting hurt. Yeah. Like, it should always be a beatdown. Remember when, like, Cody's area was with bruised titty, and then, yeah. like, the next night, Seth's putting a sledgehammer into it and leaving this hammer-shaped imprint on it. Yeah, you're going out, go Make out. it count, you know. <laughs> But yeah, so we've got uh, Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles here. Um, I'm never as good on the recaps as Wilborn, so I'm not going to do the match justice. But it's everything you would expect from the two. Ultimately, AJ Styles keeps going for the high-flying stuff. Drew keeps cutting him down, cutting him down, cutting him down. LA Knight is on commentary at ringside. And obviously, there's been a bit of hostility between LA Knight and AJ Styles following the events of the Royal Rumble, where neither were successful against Roman. Um, and ultimately, um, Drew McIntyre's got control. He drills him with uh, the Future Shock DDT. Um and goes for the claymore, but Styles is able to cut that off. Um, similarly, McIntyre is able to cut off a phenomenal forearm attempt, um, and then they brawl to the floor. AJ is on the ground on the floor, and LA Knight stands up ostensibly just to help him recover, Phil. Pours water on him. AJ Styles is raging about that, obviously. Uh, Drew rolls AJ Styles back into the ring. AJ Styles is able to get a quick roll-up off the back of that, but in that time, LA Knight has sort of gone to distract the referee, and in the chaos of all of that, AJ Styles is distracted from the match temporarily, turns back around into a claymore, Drew McIntyre gets the win. Drew McIntyre, the first person to qualify for the men's elimination chamber, um, will be previewing Monday Night Raw as part of our live YouTube Q&A, if you listen on the podcast feed, which you would be because it's the only way to listen to this. It might have already aired. <laughs> We're going to talk about... Um, Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes a little bit later on, because that was obviously a big story coming out of last week's Raw. But in the meantime, Drew on his way to Perth, not the one in his home country, the one in Australia, (laughs) to try and get back into the main event of WrestleMania. What did you think of all of this? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, So the match itself, I thought was really, really good. Obviously, it's like two... Yeah, like they're really safe guys to like, just get in there and have something good. Like I thought the timing was absolutely fantastic. Like the near falls were really good. I think what this whole sort of elimination chamber tournament, I guess, or whatever it is, the qualifiers, for a lot of them at least, like it could legitimately go either way for yeah. some of the participants. And I think that's often when they do this kind of thing, it's where they fall down because they put someone against someone that you blatantly know they're going to beat. Yeah. But like AJ Styles is big enough to think, oh, you could have a weird upset there if you've got a different direction to mm-hmm. go with Drew McIntyre and put him in a singles match in elimination chamber or whatever. Um, so like he's a, an easy one that you could legitimately believe could be Drew. Um, and then, obviously, you've got the tie-in with LA Knight, and so AJ didn't really lose. And then, so you assume from this that LA Knight could potentially either lose his yeah. match due to AJ Styles' in- interference or something like that. But then they announced that LA uh, Knight is going up against Ivor yeah. on Raw in his qualifying match. So are they going to put Ivor in the Elimination Chamber just so he can do something really dumb off the top of the pod? Like, Ivor doing a moonsault off the top of the pod is a oh hell of a moment. Head. Yeah. Um, in, in just one of those weird weird wildcard guys that they sometimes put in the elimination chamber mm-hmm. just to say, go out there and just do something fun and have a moment. Yeah, it was the sort of uh, a loose approximation. WWE don't do this very often, but sort of a loose approximation of like their rankings in a way, even mm-hmm. including like Logan Paul, I thought was surprising as the United yeah. States champion. Um, and we'll yeah, talk about his sort of qualification situation uh, later on in the review. Um yeah, and as you say, this match is a great example, as was the main event later on, which we shall get to, because Sami Zayn um, is next, and he's talking about uh, how he's going to be facing Randy Orton later on, another sort of unpredictable, someone's got to win, someone's got to lose here, and saying, as he'd done previously on the promo that he cut on Raw, uh, he's realised that he needs a singles title to return to where he was this time last year, going into Elimination Chamber against Roman Reigns, WrestleMania's on the horizon, if defeating Randy Orton to get to Elimination Chamber is how he's going to do it, that's what he'll do. More on that later on. 
we go back to backstage to Pretty Deadly, who are not best pleased that Pete Dunay injured Kit Wilson's hand. Uh, injured Kit Wilson's hand. There's a quick yes, boy, and we were led to believe that Pretty Deadly and uh, Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate will have more to do with each other in the next few weeks, and more on Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Uh, backstage with Pretty Deadly, was it? Backstage. On a weird peer thing. Well, yeah, sorry, like, yeah. Sorry. Wasn't exactly backstage. No, I should make that clear, yeah. Pretty deadly, pretty deadly, like... They not... saw the queen in the clouds. Yeah, sorry. Come I... on, Hamlet. How yeah. are you just skipping over this as a my, fact? My apologies, yeah. <laughs> there was all these mentions of the queen. Pretty deadly, their Britishness is one of the exceptions to a rule that I've always had in wrestling that I hate, which is anybody English apparently has to be like a tea-sucking royalist. <laughs> no, pretty deadly can be, yeah, I've decided. Yeah, I, welcome, I welcome them leaning in every ridiculous Seeing stereotype. Seeing a dead queen in the clouds, 100%. I'm, That's I'm, it, yeah. I'm on board. More of this, please. What, whatever motivates them <laughs> to get to where they need to be. And uh, and yeah, they've obviously had back and forth with Dunn and Bait, and obviously we'd see what they get up to later on the show, so you think there's more to come there. Um, we've got a... a Video package next on the breakup of Bailey and Damage Katarl, uh, where Bailey announces that she's going to compete for the title and she'll be uh, cutting a promo on all of that later on. And next we go to an Elimination Chamber qualifying match between Bianca Belair and Mi Chin. This went about like seven or eight minutes um, and Mi Chin did get quite a lot in, but it all did feel quite obligatory. Um, you made this point in the news this morning, so I'll throw it back over to you. Um, the difference in how the two elimin- Elimination Chamber matches were laid out on this show specifically, was quite stark. Yeah, like the the beginning of it was tied into the Triple H and the Rock stuff, like the Rock returning, the main events of WrestleMania. It was all like spoken of in the same sentence, basically, in yeah. terms of this is as important as that. This is for Seth Rollins' championship. Like, it's a main event of WrestleMania. It's like a big deal. And like, these are the people that are going to be in it. Like, you're going to get to see these matches going forward. And we start to, like right now with a big match, like Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles, mm-hmm. two huge stars. And then the women's one was just kind of like, oh, and here's another qualifying match. Yeah. And then we're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> there was no build up to it. No, like... Uh, pomp and circumstance, no. it was just like kind of there it is. And if they didn't already have the problem with the obvious winners, obvious losers, yes, uh, reality of the bookings, we then get like uh, that foggy graphic that was dropped on the socials that was potentially <laughs> spoiled. He's going to be in it anyway, yeah, again. But they were all so predictable that it almost doesn't matter, exactly. Yeah, like you talk about them. the potential of the men's ones to actually have people where you're like, oh, you could go either way with this, yeah, but, like no offense to meeting, but being you're not beating Bianca Belair to get no. into the elimination chamber. Like, no offence to Shotzi, but she ain't beating Trippany Stratton to get in. Like, no. it's really, really obvious. Um, and, yeah, she was. It was a KOD win for Bianca Belair. Like I say, Meechin got plenty in, but yeah. it was never really in doubt, and the fans didn't particularly come up for this much. As a result, there wasn't a lot to this, I didn't think. Yeah, it seems like a thing they're doing with Meechin at the minute, though, where it's like she kind of gets a lot in her matches, yeah. but loses every single time. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, like, they're trying to have it both ways, where she's just the person that loses to help someone else, but, mm. like also like gets the stuff in at the same time and i don't know what they're trying to achieve with this i don't either this was exactly i mean this is a triple h thing isn't it this was exactly how she was pushed as a baby face in nxt yeah she never really was like she had a like one takeover match against Shayna basil it wasn't very good and i wonder if that kind of cursed the rest of her run but she was never considered a top contender after that but always given lots in the matches as if to suggest she was i know that every, like ultimately in order to have like an effective tiered system you need people at all the different levels yeah. and maybe she's just a gatekeeper like a jobber to the stars but somebody that you can put up against the newcomers kind of like what Seamus was for a long time yeah <laughs> like a, a proving ground for a newcomer yeah. or something perhaps maybe we should um, probably talk about 
BOC in this as well. Because randomly on this episode, it was just kind of announced that yeah. they were over. Like, so it wasn't a big promo. We didn't get to see a backstage thing with them. It was just kind of announced that they were done. And does this is this the end of the Good Brothers' easiest working <laughs> in wrestling history? Yeah, so AJ Styles returned um, to build to the Rumble match, and in that had that little backstage moment with them where it was like, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Yeah. And there was a period where Meacham was definitely trying to, like, fix it or get AJ Styles back on side, and that just got dropped cold. Yeah. And it seems that's the case with AJ and the Good Brothers. They're not going to have any kind of feud or story or anything, but they're just not going to be associated on screen. Meacham had already moved into uh, stories exclusively within the women's division rather than the stable. So, yeah, yeah. I think the parking that one is a bit of a dead rubber, aren't they? Yeah, it's a little, it was just a weird way of announcing it. Like, you could have at least just had one backstage skit or something of yeah. like AJ being really annoyed that he lost and then telling him to F themselves in a more PG way. They could have lost to um, Mega Glove, Karen Cross's little yeah. stable, you know, like the, as part of their feud with the Last Street Kids, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. It's just there's no like... There was no, there was so little ceremony to it. It just reminds you that there was so little to them as yeah. a group in the first place, where they could have had at least one breakup match first. But hey, like you say, they've got the easiest job in the world right now, and it's been uh, great, great to be them. Yeah, those big <laughs> fat contracts that they resigned to sit and show up at TV and just go to catering. It's not a yeah. bad life, is it? Um, speaking of people that want fat contracts, Bron Breaker. Uh, is shown with Triple H uh, trying to decide if he should sign for Raw or SmackDown. Um, Triple H obviously has taken interest in his one of his young protégé's career, but Paul Heyman interrupts, offers Bron Breaker a handshake. They've got a bit of history, of course, from Paul Heyman representing Bron Breaker on that supercharged Tuesday Night War NXT from late last year. Uh, Breaker does, about that. Yeah, Breaker does that thing where he sort of like quietly shuffles off, but it's yeah. left for you to ponder which way is it going to go and you know, the bidding war, I guess, it will carry on with Bron Breaker. I like Breaker. that they're making him feel like a big deal in terms yeah. of people fighting over him to get him. That's it. He's he's a, a get for either brand, isn't he? And he's got that tag title match alongside Baron Corbin against the family on there. That's why, by the way, Phil, um, Stacks said he couldn't do the NXT coverage this week. Uh, he says he's got prep for the big tag title match. And then uh, when uh, they win, he assumes he'll just be at the club, like partying all the time. So he's not going to be able to make it for the preview or review. Uh, I mean, I he can't be there for everything, can he? I know, like, we try and get him as often as possible. Yeah. But yeah, like, sometimes... Wilborn's got it as well, because, like, they obviously typically... It's like, and it's always you apparently. Like, Wilborn's always getting these messages on Slack saying, Oh, Phil needs me for this thing. So he dips out the podcast, and every week when he gets called away by you, that's yeah. when Slack turns up. So they keep, keep missing, missing each, each other. other as well. And it's happened again. It's tough. Weird. Um, <laughs> Paul Heyman uh, is there to see Triple H and just let him know um, that. So you heard what he said, and it's, uh, you know, it's that's all well and good. He said at the start of the night, but next week. On SmackDown, I'm going to bring with me Roman Reigns as the, and The Rock. Triple H, because he's handsome and authoritative and just really harder than everybody else. So I'm looking forward to it. Here's the thing, I don't care. Um, <laughs> Rock and Roman, together, on SmackDown, with Paul Heyman next week. It's still yep. pretty wild, isn't it? It is kind of crazy. Like, yeah. Paul Heyman is now managing The Rock. Theoretically, like, yeah. In really, like, what? <laughs> what is yeah. this bizarre world that is happening here? Love it, big fan. And it's making it feel like a big deal when they arrive as well. Yeah. Like, next week, it's... It's gonna, it's gonna, it'll feel big, massive. Especially I, after that press conference, I don't. It's a meme, isn't it? At this point, when you've got the Roman Reigns returns graphic, yeah, but it's effective, yeah. Like when he's on a SmackDown, the SmackDown feels bigger. Double that now with the inclusion of the Rock as well. I hope this is one of them doing, like I don't know what it would. I don't know how many even we've got left. Let's just have top of my head eight, like at least four. 
you'd want them there 50% of the time at least, wouldn't you? Yeah. Where that way you get yeah, to preserve yeah. their specialness and have them sure that they're involved. I like to yeah. beat some people up. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I just yeah. like to take a couple of baby faces and just deck them. Like, oh, these are trouble. I don't, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to feel good around the Rock and Roman because they're yeah. going to be the heels going into this, aren't they? So, um, anyway, to Bailey next, who comes out and gets a great response, her kind of first night back as an official baby face after mm-hmm. the turn last week with Damage Katara, uh, says that obviously she, you know, the, um, it's great that the fans are here for her, but ultimately she was here for Damage Kataro. Um, she really believed in the stable, and she knew when they were mocking her behind her back that like things were starting to change. It really hurt her feelings. But she's interrupted by Dakota Kai, who of course wasn't there last week at all, conspicuous by her absence, but has previously been caught between a rock and a hard place because she's been able to communicate in Japanese with Asuka, Kairi Sane, and Io Sky, whilst then kind of playing peacemaker with Bailey, yeah. trying to play both sides a little bit. Uh, Dakota Kai says she has absolutely no idea that the attack was going to go down last week. Bailey is a little bit cautious, doesn't really believe her, um, and notes that oh, you were just with the rest of them the whole time. How am I supposed to believe that you just weren't in on there, all this and decided to keep yourself away and you're not setting me up? Uh, Dakota Kai says, look, I miss the original damage Katara as much as you. Uh, it was about becoming tag team champions and then about you winning the title. It was supposed to be for the three of us. I don't like what's happened to the stable any more than you. Uh and then Bailey wants to know where Dakota Kai stands. But before Dakota Kai can answer, uh, here comes Io, Asuka, and Kyrie. They come out, they kind of surround the ring. Dakota Kai's got the leg brace on to suggest that she's still injured. So she sort of powders off to the floor. But she returns in the ring with a steel chair. Now, the way they've positioned this, they've blocked it. They've got the three heels sort of surrounding the ring, mm-hmm. leaving Bailey in the middle and Dakota Kai to attack from Bailey's back. She runs with a chair as fast as she can. And Bailey moves out the way, allowing Dakota to charge uh, towards Io, swings and misses with the chair. She does the same on the other side of the rings to Kyrie and Asuka. So nobody gets hit with the chair. Yeah. Dakota Kai stands alongside Bailey, but the faces tell the story. No, but Bailey certainly doesn't know which side Dakota's on. And Dakota is trying to make it seem as if she's with Bailey. Who do you believe, <laughs> Phil? What do you think this uh, where do you think this is going heading into WrestleMania? Is it going to be a three on two or a four on one? I think Dakota Kai might turn on Bailey. You think? And I think it's just another step in the in the run up to WrestleMania to sort of cement this face turn for Bailey. I yeah. think Bailey played this really, really well. Um, she's not completely given up on what that character was when it was a heel. Yeah, like it's not like all of a sudden she's won uh, the Rumble and learned how to speak Japanese and, and like flicked it on a dime. Yeah, um, like there's still elements of what she it, was. We, who we, she was. I remember a streaming the SummerSlam where Bailey returned and launched Damage Katara. Yeah. And the intentions of it, despite being a heel group, it, it was always a bit flawed because the, the intentions were babyface, weren't they? Yeah. I want to elevate. I want to bring somebody out there, like, back into the company in Dakota and up from NXT and EO yeah. and help them. That was always a hard thing that they never really addressed. Why, why is that bad? <laughs> yeah. Why is that a bad thing that Bailey's doing? And now to be able to just tweak that slightly and be like, oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was she good all along. explain those motivations. Yeah. And, like, although she can, like... Uh, sort of wangle around like how she did it and like things like that like the actual motivations of it all were pure and yeah. like that all come across and I think like the way she reacted to the crowd chants at the beginning of the promo was really good like it felt like it meant something to her yeah um that like people were still on board and like people are still Bailey buddies yeah. <laughs> deep down inside um so I think like to continue that steady sort of face turn and really properly cement it to be a massive face at WrestleMania, I think sometime down the line we get another turn. Dakota Kai 
goes against her as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's, yeah, the four-on-one attack that's like, how can she overcome this? And then she wins the Bellet Mania, and it's absolutely amazing. Me and Wilborn get giddy about this every single week in the SmackDown coverage. Are you... Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Along with us here, especially because we're going to be there. Do you want the side pony? Do you want the Burley Buddies? Do you want the old music? Do you want the whole lot? Because I, I desperately do. That and or uh, Paramore and Poppy singing yeah. their respective acts down at the ring. Oh my God, can yeah. you even imagine? Yeah, Paramore would be absolutely great. I think, like, even if it's new music, but like the Burley Buddies come out or something, like a yeah. little hint at what she used to be, but like as this version of Bailey, yeah. this more sort of grown up, mm-hmm. like. I, I want to see more Ding Dong Hello on the road to WrestleMania. Oh that, but with a sort of face twist, that'd be really, yeah, really good fun, I think. The the pitch, uh, I go back to this all the time, the pitch of the Bailey Buddies inflating and them having like big plasters or tape over where she axed them <laughs> all those years ago. That's really good. Great yeah. touch as well. There's a lot of fun they can have with it, just how much people, like I say this all the time, like you never really give up on Bailey. Yeah. There was a million times when WWE did, but she's one of them characters that if you loved that character from the NXT days, you never really gave up on it. Yeah. And it's this, like, well, this now feels like, just long-standing vindication. It might not main event, but to a lot of people, it's going to be one of the main events of the whole weekend. Yeah, and I, I like, I, I wish it was the main event, just because I think Bailey deserves the main event. Mm. But um, in terms, like, just in terms of that WrestleMania moment for Bailey, finally after so many yeah. years of just never had one really kind of trash, mm-hmm. um, and then the pandemic stuff where she was like dragged to WWE through that. Her yeah. and Asuka were like the shining lights of that company throughout that era, um, and she still never sort of got a moment to mm-hmm. shine afterwards. And then was doing the weird backstage role thing, the host of whatever it Got was. Got beat up by the Bellas. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit weird. Um, but in terms of like that Bailey connection, like look, just look at every time she comes back to the UK and it's the whole, hey, yeah. hey, Bailey, like money in the bank. Yeah. Um, like it's proper, it's show derailing love that yes. people still have for Bailey. Never, and they like, just still really want, as insane as she was as a heel. Like I love the ding dong hello stuff and like just the sort of cockiness and yeah. sort of stupidity to it. Like it still had that sort of lovable energy, even mm-hmm. though she was doing heel stuff. 
it's finally time. Yeah. Like that, that, like when everybody said, oh, you've got your next John Cena there, you might actually have a chance to see if you have or not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of somebody that was never the next John Cena, Randy Orton uh, <laughs> said, being injured all that time has made him patient. Uh, nothing against Sami Zayn, but the uh, inside the elimination chamber, the only constant is three letters, RKO. He's building the main event against Sami Zayn later on in the night. Uh, Bobby Lashley promotes his against uh, Bronson Reed. We'll talk more about that on the Raw preview on YouTube later on. And next up, it is uh, Pete Dunay and uh, Tyler Bate against DIY. Um, number one contenders winning separate matches on Raw and SmackDown to compete against each other here to determine who will fight the Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber. Um, I felt like this was Phil Chambers' base, quite honestly. Yeah, it was. DIY, um, quietly on Monday Night Raw of late, have like found their form at yeah. long last. I, like... This was your, like, we've joked a little bit that this match feels like Triple H wanting to book all the things he loves on the off chance that sooner or later he's ousted from this position. Yeah. And this couldn't have been any more Triple H pilled if it tried. Yeah. This was just, like, non-stop, frenetic pace stuff. Like, not not no selling, but I would say minimal selling because they knew oh, they had... WWE goes, yeah. Yeah, they had, like, limited amount of television time to work to. I this know, is, a lot to fit <laughs> Yeah, like, this was Smackdown over Raw, so you couldn't even really drag it over, like, three or four commercial breaks. They had that one in the middle. But otherwise, it was just the high intensity. I would, like, sort of say this was along the lines of like a takeover opener from 2016 or something like that where the four of them are all trying to make it it's crazy that all of these were around in 2016 pretty much and have taken this long to have this match on the main roster yeah but such is the way that WWE's worked over these years uh, ultimately, after a gazillion near falls, um, Tyler Bate hitting like Tyler driving 97. Um, Project Champa was in there at one point. I think uh, Johnny Gargano, the Gargano, Gargano escape at one point. Um, ultimately, though, Pete Dunne hits the bitter end um, on Gargano, I think it was, to get yep. the win. It was like under 10 minutes, this was. So a real tag sprint. And again, it's like, uh, I, I, I don't like this type of analysis or recapping normally, but this was one of them, like, you know, the wrestling that you're quite good at. Do, do that. that yeah like and i don't even think that's necessarily good advice sometimes <laughs> i think if anything like this sort of wrestling has been um homogenized and normalized now and we kind of expect a certain quality of these talents on weekly tv all the time yeah. so to make it as frenetic as this felt was genuinely impressive and again i want to give credit to the booking of this tag division because i do think that like the judgment day like the format did get a bit repetitive on Raw, but the belts mean something. Yeah. And Finn Balor and Damian Priest are credible champions, and that makes your challenges credible, and it makes the potential matches. And in this case, now Bait and Dunn, brand spanking new challenges for Finn Balor and Damian Priest at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, absolutely. Loved it. Um, this was about as PWG as WWE is going <laughs> to get, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, I've been waiting so bloody long now for Gargano to finally get some like direction that will actually stuff, work for him. Yeah, it is like, I think a lot of the time the problem with him isn't that he isn't, his execution is still solid, yeah. his performance is what it was, but his stuff to silence is deathly. Yeah. Like you, you can't do the high impact stuff and the fans not care, otherwise you are wasting your bumps and you're wasting your time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a long ass time since mm. he had something that he can get his teeth stuck into and it is actually starting to work. And it feels like like DIY themselves are getting over like DIY did in originally, like you have to go right back to the yep. very beginning of DIY, completely reset. Let's just get over by being great. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it and it's working unless on the main roster. Um, and hopefully, like I don't know if they then go into just renewing 
Gargano versus Champa at some point and just sort of <laughs> redo all the hits to I try and get that, both of them yeah. over the same way they did it in NXT. Um, like, doesn't need to go on as long as that mm. did. Um, but, like, yeah, I've been waiting for this version of Gargano for a long-ass time on the main roster. It felt like this was Triple H, and especially on this card, because it was, like, perfectly placed to be different mm. um, in terms of, like, the opener and the main event of two very WWE-style matches. Yes. And then this kind of slap-bang in the middle is something a little bit different. Um, it felt like Triple H just saying to them, here's your time, go out and do what you do. Yeah. It didn't feel produced. It didn't feel... Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, overly I mean it was complicated in terms of the work they were doing Mm. but like the storyline or anything like that it was all very simple it was just go out there and do what you do best and do it especially knowing knowing that the main event you know like Randy Orton Sami Zayn main event is that require the time and presumably whatever they were given it was like don't go over yeah. so do it (laughs) almost like a little test yeah these are all four pros that know exactly what you're doing give me it in under 10 yeah, and don't screw that element of it up on live television. Like it's a bit of a show me what you got type yeah. thing, as much as anything. Even though, as you say, a lot of this dates back years for DIY, especially. Yeah, th- and in terms of this match style as well, like WWE, they pull it out occasionally, mm-hmm. every now and then. Like I think the um, the four way tag match thing at Mania is a great example of it. Yes, it's just like there you go. Here's some time. There's WrestleMania. Go God, do it. Got to do that again, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I assume DIY will be. One of them I think so. There. They're not short. They're not They're short not of short. good teams think, to make yeah. this match great again. I think it's this is it. I'll say that again. There, you know, it's. I appreciate that people probably still assume that tag team wrestling is just like othered in WWE, but it's really, if anything, it's the women. Yeah. In reality, like Triple H does a better job with his tag division than the women. Um, and yeah, I think for a long time now, this division's been in excellent health, and there's also clear kind of lines between who's where. Again, like they'll never introduce rankings ever. Yeah. But you can infer kind of where most people sit. And in good news, it's based on results. Yeah. <laughs> DIY now have to go back to the drawing board. They have to go back to Raw and they have to think, right, we've just lost our title shot on Raw and we've lost again trying to get another shot. Where what now? now? Yeah. And that's good. You want to be having, joining these characters on their journeys, don't you? So, um, But yeah, just more of this. More of this and more just really stripped back, yeah. basic Baby face fire, Johnny Gargano. I think it, underdog. That's all you need from him. Like he doesn't need any of the bollocks that they added towards the end of his NXT run. You keep saying it, and you're right. Strip back, going back to the beginning. Triple H, I think, forgets sometimes that he was in a Wednesday night war that he lost. Ergo, <laughs> ergo, people weren't watching. He'd have won the war if people were watching. So a lot of the stuff he just forces onto the main roster and assumes that people are going nuts for gets nothing. Yeah. So this DIY, as you say. Obviously, they're older, they're wiser, and they look that as well. They don't have the kind of like the exp- the wide-eyed 2015, 2016, wow, we made it onto NXT. You can't... We're doing the dream. Yeah, you can't replicate that, but you can replicate a different version of that. And in WWE main roster terms, their TV age is what? Like a year old? Yeah. But they were brought up <laughs> as if they were already like aged veterans, and it, people don't buy that. Yeah. They've got to buy them. They've got to learn to love them all over again. Yeah. And as you say, for someone like you, super rewarding. For, but for a bunch of people, it's just starting to click for the first time, I think. And yeah, we've barely talked about them, but Dunn and Bay, again, like yeah. it's been a relatively quick rehab job on uh, renaming Butch uh, Pete Dunn and him not behaving like a dog. And now, like as <laughs> I, again, I don't necessarily expect them to win the tag titles. It's no. not impossible with the Judgment Day and their sort of dissension and Priest having a briefcase. I don't expect them to win them. But again, just getting a pay-per-view shot is that like sort of stamp of approval from the company and fans will know how to receive them maybe, you know, after the fact. they'll yeah. If we do have a tag showcase, you would fancy them getting on it as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. I think they just need to sort out or 
establish, I guess, the sort of characters of who they are. Yeah. Because obviously Tyler Bate went through quite a lot of changes throughout. And it's like NXT. It looks like he aged about 25 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then going into that like guru character and of kind of, he has elements of that, but Mm -hmm. they've not shown that to the full extent that they did in NXT. No. Whether they're going to go down that route or not, who knows. But like, and obviously with Tyler Bate changing, like I don't think there's been enough of actually saying who these characters are now. No, they've not. That's probably the one thing they're missing. Obviously, they're amazing in ring. Like, obviously. Yeah. It's too easy as well, I think, to... And they shouldn't. I'm not suggesting they do this. It's too easy to lean on what British Strong Style was and that Peaky Blinders aesthetic that everyone in Brit Res was doing 10 years ago. Yeah. Because everyone was doing it 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, they need to find something. Like, it can't just be, like, drinking coffee and having, like, little sort of sarcastic remarks. There is a... I don't even want to say a gimmick. There's an aesthetic or some a personality that isn't yet there. Yeah. That's going to, like, update that act, I think, just enough. Like, even the Brawling Brutes, like, when Pete Dunne, as Butch, was a part of that, you bought it as, like, well, we know he fights. Yeah. So I'll take him as a Brawling Brute with Sheamus. There's a version of that that they haven't yet found, I think, with him yeah, and Tyler Bate. And they will. I think yeah. it's their chemistry together is what's going to make that act continue to work, isn't yeah. it? Um, Dominic Mysterio thinks he can win the Elimination Chamber. He wants that matching belts with Mammy. Uh, and he's not fussed who he faces until Kevin Owens walks in to say, oh, it's me, I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to dedicate it to your dad. Uh, <laughs> R-Truth, comes in, R-Truth comes in the most over baby face in WWE. Strap up awesome truth at WrestleMania. I was right. Uh, and he, <laughs> he goes to Kevin Owens, hey, Miz, what are you doing here? Uh, don't let Nick catch you. Owens playing along with R-Truth's uh, Gubbin says, what, Nick Mysterio? And it's like, no, Nick Aldis, you're on Raw. Uh, which is particularly funny considering that this episode just blew apart the brand extension. Yep. Anyway, Raw Breaker on a show, where should I go, Raw Smackdown? Clearly anywhere you like it, yeah. Um, huge R-Truth chance in the building as yeah. all this was playing out, by the way. Great. I I know this is dividing people down the middle here, but like, I'm sticking with this. I feel like I planted my flag now. Like... <laughs> WrestleMania is going to have a lot of heavy issue stuff, as it should. Yeah. Like, I want... It's WrestleMania. Yeah. Right? It can't all be fluff. Yeah. Like, awesome treats winning the belts is... It's right, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not mental. I'm not taking crazy pills on this one, am I? Like, our truth is that kind of over, that the response in the building when he, like, lifts a belt aloft with his yeah. old mate, the Miz. Like, nostalgic for a period that I didn't like first time around, I think is a minor miracle. I have absolutely no nostalgia for the Awesome Truth. Z- who whatsoever. does? Zero. But, Zero. Like, and he, like, just forget about the Miz. Just our truth being able to hold up a title at WrestleMania, I think, is an absolutely fantastic thing. Even better so, because we'll be there with Simon Miller, and he will pop his tits off. Did I, um, I don't think Miller remind me sharing this exchange. Did I tell you a recent DM exchange me and Miller had, where, like, we were just talking a little bit about WrestleMania and what we're most excited about. And I did a little full circle moment with him where I was like, hey, Miller, remember when we sat together at WrestleMania 38 and I was just out to be like, Edge's new music is absolutely terrible. And then you told me you were a massive Alter Bridge fan. <laughs> and over the last two years, that song's just like had a hold on me. Like, I love it more than anything. Your band and my band now, actually. Uh, we do a stupid bit of the podcast with a swear word around that song. And I was like, oh, and look what I've bought. Full circle. And I sent him a picture of me in the, I bought the, um, all the Judgment Day, like, yeah. With the, with the R-Truth, R-Truth at, at the bottom. bottom. And he was like, this is doubly brilliant. Not only is the Judgment Day law, like, I bought the Live, Laugh, Love one as well. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is great. Everything has worked out. <laughs> Strap them up at WrestleMania. Uh, back to the GMs, Adam Pearce and the SmackDown GM, forget his name. Uh, Logan Paul uh, is angry about being in an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. He wants uh, he wants rock hours. He wants rock shift. He should be tracked like a big star. Great. Um, he doesn't want to wrestle in stupid Utah. Um, but... Unfortunately, that's tough. He's got the Miz in a qualifier. Quick one on that. 
Interesting this. Uh, not so much Logan Paul and the Miz, they've wrestled before, it was only okay, but the United States champion, uh, likely going into the chamber, and Logan Paul in an elimination chamber. I don't hate this at all. I don't hate it at all. I'm I'm kind of annoyed at how good Logan Paul is. And it, it's like, and, it, and now it's not a one-off. Like, it wasn't like they did one match and planned it, like, and practiced yeah. it loads, and he pulled it off, and it was really great. This is like a solid run now. Yeah. Maybe, like, the Miz match is probably the lowest point, but... Like wasn't, and it wasn't bad. It, it yeah. wasn't bad at all. And I would argue the Ricochet match was worse because yeah. they didn't do anywhere near what you thought they could. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You thought they'd get a bit sillier with it. Mm-hmm. But like him, in a, he's, he's another one of just like Ivar in there. Like, what the hell yeah. is that guy going to do? Like, Logan Paul's going to do something I stupid off he's, the pod. He's in the rumble and money in the bank. And both those times he ends up like almost stealing all the conversations. Yeah. So, so he'll like, do something great. I love it as like a wild card kind of thing in it. I love this promo as well from him. I thought it was really, really yeah. good. The reactions to it, like the way he said Utah in the most derogatory way I know, you yeah. possibly think of. <laughs> like his face is just the sheer hubris of just putting himself on the rocks level. Yeah. I think it's all fantastic. He's doing so good. <laughs> I've, I've said this before, right? If if a wrestler believes what they're selling, I will buy it. Yeah. Like those are my sort of rules that I impose on the universe. It's only when they don't and they feel like they're faking it that yeah. I won't get involved. He knows how to sell himself as the most important guy around. Yeah. And you would assume off Elimination Chamber, you're setting up something for his WrestleMania match as yeah, well. Like It's looked like LA Knight's belt to lose that US title, and presumably he's going to win one of his qualifiers. Speaking of which, um, Logan Paul and the Miz and Kevin Owens and Dominic. Also, on that note, Logan Paul, like wrestling TV matches now? This like Apparently so. This feels like an actual run yeah well, <laughs> like, he's got a belt, he's got a belt. <laughs> like, it, it, it like genuinely yeah. feels like a like almost not full-time but like it's, it's a proper run like, it can't a lot. just be showering and getting your dick and balls on a belt you've got to actually defend <laughs> it sometimes as well um yes yeah, so we've got um la and i here def- um trying to qualify tonight on raw i think yeah. um and logan paul and the miz and owens and dominic mysterio next week also on smackdown next week it's going to be uh tiffany stratton versus shotzi and uh, Naomi versus Alina Vega. I don't. I know. wonder who will win. Don't know how those are going to turn out. Uh, all chamber qualifiers next week, and we end with a chamber qualifier. It's Randy Orton versus Sami Zayn. Um, do you know? I'm going to be kind about something that for years uh, I've hated. Randy Orton's methodical pace, capital M, capital P, was actually pretty good here. Um, Sami Zayn, although no longer being like the young, sprightly El Generico of old, yeah. is quicker than Randy Orton and is smaller than Randy Orton and understands how to beat Randy Orton. So he uses all of that sort of stuff and it's Orton's job to catch him, slow him down and break him down. And that's basically the story they tell. It leads to a really great um, top rope superplex. Orton with shades of his own dad with that one. Like just delays him, just hangs him in midair. They really, I I hate to be like one of those like old timers on X, but when WWE wants you to like let a moment breathe, this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Like a superplex is 10 a penny compared to the high spots of today. Yeah. But the fans couldn't believe what they'd just seen. Like Orton fresh off an injury doing that, yeah. like risking his body to get to Sami Zayn. And then Sami Zayn having to absorb taking such a move off a power wrestler, which jacked Randy is. Yeah. I just thought they they got so much more out of what people get out of the superplex in 2024. Yeah. Um, Orton goes for his uh, drip in DDT, which Zane manages to counter. He hits another dive to the floor. He's been flying around trying to beat him that way. Um, they exchange the um, like the gut wrench drop onto the table, on the announced table on the floor. 
Um, Zane gets the uh, the blue thunder bomb again. Always thinking he's going to get a three, even if he so rarely does. But on pops back up, drills him with the RKO, gets the win. Um, and Randy Orton qualifies for the elimination chamber. Sami Zayn looks absolutely disconsolate. Obviously, this was his in his mind clear route through the world title. And Drew McIntyre rocks up for a big lads stare down with Orton as SmackDown goes off the air. Thoughts on the match and indeed the booking, not just of Orton but of Sami Zayn. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think. The match itself, it was very WWE, but mm-hmm. like really great. Like you say, with Randy Orton doing the slow pace and using Sami Zayn to put the energy into it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what you want from Sami Zayn, especially this kind of Sami Zayn, which is the best Sami Zayn that's sort of fighting from underneath. Like, again, like ultimate underdog style Sami yeah. Zayn. Like, that's what you want. Um, so, yeah, really, really enjoyed it as a match into like bookend SmackDown. Mm. I think two really, really good matches, both making the Elimination Chamber feel like a big deal. Yeah. Which therefore makes that belt feel like a big deal, which helps considering they've told us all week that it's an absolute piece of garbage. It's, <laughs> it's, it, I thought it was quite ironic that considering how the prior SmackDown threw WrestleMania into disarray with that Rock and Cody thing, and then the yeah. press conference kind of cleaned it up, this couldn't have been, as you said at the very start of this podcast, more a case of, right, the road... We might like to pretend that the road's got a bunch of speed bumps. That's not how Triple H books. Yeah. He wants a nice, straight road, and that's what a lot of people clearly enjoy about, like, oh, you know these clues? Well, it's because they're leading to things. Yeah. Like, and that's how he prefers things. Um, but Sami Zayn losing when so much has been put into him just needing one more crack at Seth Rollins and yeah. everything else, I think has left it unbre- I've got a, a pitch for you uh, on Sami Zayn's WrestleMania. Okay. So they're building to Gunther versus Jey Uso for the Intercontinental title. A match you kind of think Gunther will win. Jey Uso has been talking about wanting to win a singles title. I think Gunther brutalizes Jey so bad that Sammy goes to defend his old friend and he gets drawn into Gunther's orbit and he realizes that with a world title out of reach, stopping Gunther's stranglehold of the Intercontinental title becomes his new pursuit. And Gunther, Sammy's in for a WrestleMania IC title match. I'd be into that. Oof. Hell yeah, I'd be you know? into that. I, but I don't. I'm tr- I'm trying to map Sami Zayn to a singles title, and that's I can't. I can't get there now. So cool, yeah. you know. And with everything that's going on around WrestleMania and the main events and all the people that are involved, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of moving parts. Where Sami just seems to be feeling to be shuffled slowly out of it. Yeah. Um. But I think he's doing a great job in selling that exact theory to us as well. He's going to WrestleMania, isn't he? But yeah, we just can't just see how. He's somehow going to get there. He's yeah. like so determined. And the promos that he's been doing, both the one on this SmackDown and the one in the empty arena thing that yeah. was on Raw, um, is like he's showing a side of himself that that kind of desperation is going to come out at some point. And he needs to find something that's either a new, like... Um, a new like goal or like yeah. a new mm-hmm. injustice to fight or something. Like and you can buy it. What, you can buy what he like, goes for. If he says, "Oh, this thing hurts even more than a title," you go, "I believe you, Sammy." Yeah, All right, then we have to have that match. Yeah. The whole point of his thing for a year, like a few years now is like fighting injustice. Even yeah. when it was like the conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah, he's still fighting injustice. Just in a and when he did that, way. and it was cartoon mousetraps, it was incredible. <laughs> so you can do anything he wants. You can much, do yeah. literally anything. Logan Paul. There was law with him and Owens, wasn't there? They like Sammy brought Logan Paul in yeah. technically. Like going all the way back to 37. Yeah, so you've done the Owens feud. So Sammy yep. versus Logan Paul would be incredible that, yeah. as well. Um, um, so long as he has something on Mania. I think like he will. Something that's in a decent position as well, where he gets a good amount of time to uh, just be Sammy Zayn because he's just amazing. I feel like he's working on screen 
like under the promise that he's getting something. Yeah. I don't think you commit as much TV time and then he doesn't commit as much to this role that he's currently playing yeah. without and you knowing put what's on as there. many people over. Yeah, <laughs> as exactly. He has done yeah. in the last sort of six months. Something's on the whiteboard for him, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Um, so yeah, uh, as you say, uh, a SmackDown that felt like it sort of like got a lot on track and that's going to continue on a Raw, which we're going to be previewing on YouTube very soon, actually. Probably uh, it's out there on YouTube by the time you listen to this podcast where I'm going to be joined by Phil Chambers and Adam Nicholas. Wrestle culture on a Monday? What? In the meantime, Phil, if they want to talk more to you about SmackDown, where can they find you on X? At Phil My Chambers. You can find me at Michael Hamflit. We're all at What Culture WWE. And until next time, which could be in your case, like 15 minutes from now, we <laughs> will see you soon. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.